I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time. I'm skipping through them. I'd rather listen and change my mind. Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind. Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind. I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time. I'm skipping through them. I'd rather listen and change my mind. Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind. Your favorite guys, your favorite lines, change my mind. Yeah. And welcome back to another edition of the Change My Mind podcast, part of the hashtag Dorkshare Gooniverse, along with Geeks Worldwide Radio, and of course, Midnight.fm. Uh, this podcast could eat a peach for hours. It also goes by Roger, but two Rogers don't make a right, Nick. I am Wesley Seggs, through the other side of the ether is the caster Troy, to my camera, Poe, Mr. Nick Fryer. Oh, Wes, this is, um, you know, I brought this episode on myself. As much as you took the idea that I suggested and twisted it a little bit, I, this, I'm not, I'm, I'm, this is going to be, I don't, I, I can't believe we're debating this today. And people are going to assume right away too, because this is like the fact that one of us is taking a side in this conversation. They're going to assume that I have the bad take in this when it's not the case at all. Right, and, and this is a, that's a, a big market tease because I don't think we even have given out our, our title, what we're discussing. We're we're going back to the debate podiums, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, for a change my mind old fashioned debate club. The master debaters of the Dorkshire Gooniverse have returned in full force, and we're, we're coming with a rather simple topic. It's just Nick Cage. Is he good or not? You know, this this is has shades of uh, maybe pop culture pile driver podcast debating uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt, but. Yeah. In debate. I think we're going to do this with uh, much more veracity, with much more intelligence, yeah. with a tad bit of uh, uh, sexiness that, that that they may lack. Uh, so I'm I'm ready to uh, you know do this in, with a full steam of head. Uh, that doesn't sound right. Well, uh, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm sexy on the mind, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, it's bad enough that I have to share a co-host with Billy D. And actually, now I'm not too keen on sharing one with Goo for that matter. But we'll get into that later. Yeah, but. Um, I don't need to. Be, we, don't, we don't need to compare what we're doing to their Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, speaking of you know, full steam of head, or however you want to put it, uh, <laughs> what they did with Gord, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We, we're not doing that with Nicholas Cage. Well, one well, of us may be kind of, but and two very different actors. I mean, Nick Cage, uh, perhaps the actor of her generation, perhaps. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, Wes. Sure, whatever, whatever you say. I just, you know, what's funny is we're debating Nick Cage. In, in like I can see the logic where somebody would kind of like him, but having just this like out of nowhere like orgy or whatever over Joseph Gordon-Levitt just randomly makes no fucking sense at all. And at least ours is like inspired by a movie that just came out too. Yeah, and, and it's been a hot to you know he's he's a hot button guy. He's a real polarizing guy. Is he good? Is he not? Is, do you love him for overacting or do you see it as just overacting and chewing up the scenery? Uh, someone who who is overacting though. Uh, which brings up to our to our intro question, which we of course always like to lead off the show with, because that's what an intro question implies. Uh, is is our boy Chet Hayes? Are you familiar with Chet Hayes? No, 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 no. Before no. I, I know, yes, I am. But why you do? Uh, yes, I'm familiar with Chet Hayes. Why do we need to? No, why do we need to talk about him right now? Well, are you prepared for White Boy Summer All 2021? Hey guys, um, look, I just wanted to tap in really quick. I just got this feeling, man. Um, that this summer is, uh, it's about to be a white boy summer, you know, take it how you want. I'm not talking about like Trump, uh, you know, NASCAR type white. I'm talking about, you know, you know, me, 
um, John B., Jack Harlow type white boy summer. You know what I mean? Let me know if you guys uh, can vibe with that and uh, get ready, you know, because I am. Nick, are you uh, are you prepared and are can you vibe with that? I can't vibe with anything that has to do with Chet Hayes. I can't. Honestly, we went so a little peek behind, not peek behind the curtain, a little insight into uh, <laughs> Northwestern's alumni base. That I went there, and so did Chet Hayes. Well, doc- as, I did not know that, but what you well documented, uh, Chet yes. Hayes, not so well. Long. As did Catherine Hahn and mm-hmm. uh, Ross from Friends, um, David Schwimmer, Elaine, uh, uh, Louis, jo- Julia Louise Dreyfus. So, look, there's a bad Meghan apple. Markle? Every- Meghan Markle, right? Right. There's always a you know a bad apple mixed in, and that happens to be Chet Hayes, who was I believe two years older than me, got in a fight with one of my teammates in college. This was before I went there, so you don't I mess knew with the going- baseball bros. I knew going in like the, the the frat that he belongs to, which I believe was Pike. We don't we don't oh, mess with Oh, Pi Kappa know? Alpha. Oh, yeah, they they were a rival of my fraternity in college as well. There were some hot shots. I believe Jeremy Piven is a Pike member. Oh well, well Jeremy Piven, Chet Hayes, and God, that guy sucks. You don't, you don't like him doing the Jamaican patwa on the red carpet? Oh my god. Big up. Big up the whole island massive, it's your boy Chetana coming straight from the Golden Globes, you watching? Me, see me father Tom Hanks presenting in a watch, soon forward come. Big up, tune in. I just want everybody to know that that is not an accurate representation of the people that attend Northwestern University. Oh my God. Um, I love that he can do that. Like, as someone who can't do a lick of accents or has that kind of tone for like I, that, I'm actually jealous of to be able to do like those type of cool accents. Um, oh I, I just can't do it. So that's the best thing. This I hate you right now. This guy sucks. What was the what's the intro question other than trying to embarrass me? What's the point of this? Are, are you prepared for a white boy summer? Oh, get the fuck out of here! What are no. you doing to prepare for? What are you doing no. to get ready? Get out of my face! Tell everybody what we're talking about today. Get fucking Chet Hayes. That guy sucks. <laughs> well, we already mentioned. You know, the Dem argument boys were were going back to the stand for another classic oh, yeah. CMM debate right. on actor, filmmaker, singer, stolen dinosaur skull buyer, and renowned castle owner. Sir Nicholas Cage. Uh, but before that, we have uh, some things to get to in trending now. Uh, first and foremost, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode two. Well, I don't trust Red Wing. You Hold on a minute. You don't have to trust Red Wing. But I'm going to go see if he's right. Because I have a feeling they might be a part of the big three. What big three? The big three. What big three? Androids, aliens, and wizards. That's not a thing. That, that's definitely a thing. No, it's not. Every time we fight, we fight one of the three. So who are you fighting now, Gandalf? How do you know about Gandalf? I read The Hobbit in 1937. When- <laughs> <laughs> you guys should have named, renamed Captain Goose, How Do You Know About Gandalf? That's that, right. I, know, I know Goose running through a bunch of different ideas. Maybe he should consult you next time when it comes to the name. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> yes, uh, of, of course, we do have the Caps Blues, a the Falcon and the Winter Soldier podcast, available anywhere you can access podcasts. It's, of course, myself and Goo from the Mac and Goo program, uh, who already broke down episode two. But to do it with my original uh, podcasting partner in crime, Uh, As we're doing throughout the whole course of the season here, we're debating who won each episode, the Falcon or the Winter Soldier. So, Nick, I will give you the floor. The star-spangled man with the plan. Who? Why did Bucky win this episode? Okay, I got two reasons here. One, a little bit lighter. He's bringing the comedy in with Bucky. We haven't gotten that at all. We've gotten moody, depressing. So, like, emotions getting brought into the fray. 
absolutely makes sense. But of course, we have the Gandalf line here. Their back and forth is good. But I love the Red Wing line when he gets busted and he's like, oh, I always wanted to do that. I, I legitimately laughed out loud. And I don't know if I can ever say that's happened with Bucky. And I don't know if I can say it's ever happened with, um, with Falcon either. But the big thing for me was Falcon laying into Sam about the shield. Now, at first, I like it because it's just he's trying to tell him, like, Steve believed in you, and I believed in you too. But in the grand scheme of things, it's so much more than that. And I get it. Look, it, it all kind of comes back to Bucky went in that course of the discussion. But I still – I really like that because it's deep. It's another layer of Bucky, and it's – like, he's he's like telling Sam, like, hey, you're pretty freaking awesome, and if you, if you suck or you're not worthy, then what the fuck am I? Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I think this was definitely a more Bucky centric episode, but from the perspective of Sam, um, it's, it's hard. He took some L's here, right? He, he was getting racially profiled by the cops in Baltimore. He finds oh out God. about, you know, the, um, uh, uh, Black Captain America, um, Isaiah Bradley, excuse me, and, and you know how he was kind of hidden from the world and from uh, you know Sam and, and, and Captain America in general. Uh, so a lot, a lot of tough L's for him, and especially go, even in the first episode too. You know, getting denied the bank loan and, and all that stuff. Um, but what I think is is going to be interesting is you see that kind of uh, character development of you do have any true hero story, right? Of hear him kind of going through the bottoms and, and the lulls only for a, a major comeback, right? A minor setback for a major comeback. I believe uh, that was Loso in case you ain't no so who said that. Uh, so keep that in mind, the great philosophizer. But I, I think, um, it, and he also kind of gets like wingmanned by US agent a couple of times and, and, and oh, Battlestar, Battlestar, who is just like one of the worst names I've ever heard there. Right. So, and, and they're actually like the yin and yang of Bucky and uh, you know, they're like the doppelgangers of Bucky and Sam. So it's kind yes. of like the mirror match villain again, kind Bizarro of coming into Bucky. the Fae. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I'm interested to see how he kind of comes back and, and kind of regains. I don't know. The worthiness of the shield is uh, is the right aspect of it. But I love his relationship with Torres as well. Torres, I think, is one of the great underrated characters of, of this show early on. Um, I, I think he's he's done it for uh, superb, fantastic, fruiturbed, something like yeah. that. He's, he's done a good job. It's been a great show from the first two episodes. Like we expected. This was good. We thought. One division would be good, and we thought it was in an advantageous position because we hadn't had any Marvel content for a while. But we also know that Marvel does so well with characters that we're not really familiar with or didn't care about as much in the past. But with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, again, I think it was, was it Casey that said to us that they're like C-level characters. Maybe they were at some point, but they are far from that anymore. You want to say B, maybe, but they... They both had a potential going into this, and they have you know, hit the ground running for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think coming from the comic books, right? I think they're probably C-level characters, Definitely. right? But, uh, yeah, I think obviously the job that Marvel has done with Ant-Man and Guardians, right? That's been talked over a number of times there. So right. uh, they, they obviously do a great job with that. A couple questions moving forward, right? We, we want to know what the power broker's deal is, right? I think that's kind of the big, big deal with the, mm -hmm. with the flag smashers and, and what the vaccine's for. You know, how does Sam and Bucky get, uh, you know, uh, meet up with Zemo and do they kind of form like a, you know, a little friendly uh, enemy, frenemy alliance sort of thing for a little bit? Uh, yeah. I, and also, I think I think also is uh, important. It's almost slipping my mind. Um, oh, well, while you're thinking of that, I'm wondering mm -hmm. when we're going to see Sharon Carter and all this, because you guys mentioned yeah. that on Caps Booze that we've seen pretty much everything we're going to see from the, like the first two, the first or the trailers features mostly stuff from episode one and two. We haven't seen her yet. in the mm -hmm. first So and I, I'm very interested in that as well. Thank you for letting my mind uh, kind of 
catch up there for a second because it's the the global repatriation uh, league, which of course like U.S. Agent and Battlestar are part. Who is running that? You know, I've been watching a lot of videos and speculation, and people and insiders are wondering, like, you know, could that be a way for uh, Thunderbolt Ross to kind of get into the fold? He seems like someone who could lead up that type of a uh, uh, you know government agency, government group. Yeah, I think the, battle, the character Battlestar, by the way, has potential. He shows up in the U.S. Agent co ongoing comic series right now, but that name. You're screwed because Battlestar Galactica. I wonder if before that show, it would, people would have been in on it, but neither of us have watched that. That's just not our cup of tea at all. I'm assuming yeah. you haven't watched it, but it just no, strikes no. me as like bad Star Trek. Yeah, it's it's tough. You know, you got, you got to go a little more clever with a nickname. I'm not sure what his abilities are, if he's just like really strong or anything. But Battlestar just seems kind of late and lean. And uh, I really like John Walker from this point. Obviously, he's going to be penned up to be some sort of villain. Mm -hmm. um you know who, who's the guy from the boys a homelander type character yep. right mm -hmm. uh but he's also getting a lot of hate on twitter i don't know if oh, I saw these memes going around but i posted it in the dsg group and i'm like i'm not sure if there's ever like i don't think u.s agent can continue on because he's getting so much hate um and comparisons to uh un unfavorable things yeah well i think for uh, the only person that like in the grand scheme of it all like that i'm i don't say worried for but like for for the actor I hope that people don't carry that over past right. the show. Other than that, though, I think it's great that people fucking hate this character. I hate him too, and I like the comic so far. Like that's been good. The 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 current ongoing U.S. Agent series. But the whole point is to not like that guy. When I saw him uh, revealed at the end in Falcon, you know, just basically they basically just gave him the the bird with that. Yeah, pun not intended. I was pissed. Like oh, you, you're supposed to. Pun be. should be intended. That was yeah. good. Thank you. You just you're not supposed you're you're not supposed to be okay with this. You're supposed right. to be mad about it. So mission accomplished. And if people want to call him, you know, a white supremacist or whatever, probably going a little too far. <laughs> but at the same time, we're talking about a, a fictional character. So I I honestly I welcome all the hate for the fictional character. For the actor, he's doing ow, he's doing a good job, but that's about it. Much better job than Nick Cage would do in the role, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, oh, <laughs> early jabs. I don't like that. Uh, but no, you know, it, he does have like a really smug smile, like when you said when you was introduced. Oh. the first episode there and he kind of gets that wave and he has a, it's a real punchable face yeah definitely and he was also in the one episode of black mirror that i've ever watched and that 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 show freaks me out i gotta oh, watch yeah that. he was also in 22 jobs i mentioned this plenty of time 22 yes. jumpsty she's yes. great um suicide squad trailer the mm. suicide squad trailer not to be confused with suicide squad right uh the ayers cut which may or may not get released who knows but the james gunn Suicide Squad, Nick. Or yes. what, do, what do you think? I am beyond excited for this, and the fact that Idris Elba is going to be seems like the point man in this. I mean, look, any I don't think any character is really safe other than maybe Peacemaker, and I would venture to say Harley Quinn. The whole like confusion with the universe, I'm not entirely certain what's going on there, but I feel like those are the two characters that are safe. Idris Elba should be, and then maybe Rick Flag. Outside of that, I could easily see everybody dying in all this. I'm here for it. Protect King Shark at all costs, oh. right? I think, I think another podcast like to say that, but I mean, what a great introduction, right? I mean, I was just, you know, this might be my quarantine corner, but I've been rewatching Justice League Dark, Apocalypse War. So you know, oh. he has a nice little, uh, you know, cameo and appearance in there. I've, I've heard great things about the Harley Quinn show, which I believe he's a animated show, which he's a part yeah, of. You, right? That's on HBO Max too now. You got to watch yeah, that. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I haven't, like I haven't fully committed. I, I just got to press the button. You Reminder know, to you and to everybody who hasn't watched it yet. The first episode, I know this happens a lot with shows, but it yeah. really is by far the worst. 
Okay. All right. Well, you got you got to build here, but you know, I love what they've done with this. As again, that kind of Guardians of the Galaxy ragtag group of misfits um, that are that's just full of jabs, right? So I, I think they even did you know Captain Boomerang better. Um, he looks you know a little bit more fit for the part. I love who's uh, John Cena. Uh, what, what, Peacemaker. What's his name? Peacemaker. You know, P- I forgot Pete Davidson's in this. You know, and as I mentioned. Uh, Sylvester Stallone as King Shark, you know, that's yes. great too. Yes. Remember King Shark is a shark. People forget that. But when right. uh, we talked, <laughs> yes, that is your hand. But uh, for those who haven't watched that already, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, A, that's on HBO Max now. And B, mm-hmm. Wes and I did an episode on that back in the uh, summer last year, right? Yes. Summer? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. During the quarantine. It's probably right around the time of the Mortal Kombat review too. So yeah, probably, I think, I think they were back to back. Yes. Speaking of that, we got Mortal Kombat, the live action version coming out, but I'm very excited for Suicide Squad. And look, I know the way James Gunn got this uh, this gig as director was not under ideal circumstances for him. And of course, things have changed a lot for him for the better. Um, but I'm I'm honestly like I'm I'm so happy he's on this movie. Like this looks outstanding. This is exactly what we should be getting with the Suicide Squad type thing. And I think uh, we saw like that the comics too with Tom Taylor's version of it, what he was doing with DC last year. I think he did a, an eleven issue run. That I think the second trade came out of that for that recently. But either way, I don't want any of these characters to feel safe. I don't I, I don't feel comfortable about their future at all throughout this movie. And I feel like James Gunn as much as going to dick around a lot. I think in that regard too, he's going to make sure a lot of characters, you know, bite the bullet or whatever. Hey, the, the movie's been in good hands. You know, he's he's produced good quality too. So I seen that this seems something that's perfect for him, right up his alley. It seems like a match made in heaven. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to see it. The trailer was a home run. So uh, expectations high now. That now they got to deliver. New roof, baby. Yeah, that's it. Um, Nick, Nick, have you seen? Have you seen this? This is a tr- a tough transition. Um, little Nas X. Are you familiar? Are you familiar with this character? Uh, the, the, the person. Yeah. I don't know what his, what his real name is, but yeah. Have you, been, have you been down to old town road recently? Yeah. I mean, I can understand why that song was such a hit. It was a good song for sure. But well, what, not what? only was he taking his horse down to old town road, uh, but apparently he was going down there to see the devil because in his new music video for called Montero, he can be seen uh, twerking and doing other uh, suggestive things uh, to the devil himself, Lucifer, not Mephesto. Uh, although <laughs> Mephesto may have made a cameo. Like I haven't really gone back and been able to check that out. Well, I would warn Lil Nas X if there hasn't been any, like, you know, I guess intercourse or, you know, certain things that could lead to diseases being transferred. I'm fairly certain that Lucifer has slept with John Constantine previously, Mm. who also slept with King Shark. So these are all things that you want to keep in mind in the course of things. It's very important. The devil slept with King Shark or John John Constantine? Constantine. Okay. Yes. I I was getting the, the threesome kind of confused there, the thruple. It actually comes up in in Justice League uh, in Dark, Justice League Dark. Remember? Uh, I'd, I'd have to, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, I, yeah. yeah maybe I don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Either way, I, I don't want to. I don't. That's actually, I think. Well, either way, either way, I just want to warn Lil Nas X that Constantine gets around. So anybody that's been with Constantine, just be safe. Very crazy. You saw some of the video. I mean, it's, it's out there. And, and just to put matters, uh, you know, make matters worse, he's done this sneaker collab where he's releasing 666 pairs uh, that all have a drop of human blood in each soul. What? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, right? Like the, and that, that's great. Hey, you know, I get labeled the God guy in here, but that, that yeah. guy needs Jesus, right? He needs, he needs something. Holy crap. Um, 
I hope it's his blood and not other people's blood. That'd be kind yeah. of even worse. Don't Who you knows? You know, I, I, I think it's it's blasphemous. You know, it's, <sighs> put him in the souls, the soulless. We got we got Doctor Joe Gilmore in the chat. Satan oh, shoes so over here. <laughs> uh, I like that. Satan satin shoes. Maybe maybe the satin patent leather. Maybe there's something you could do with that. You know, we missed an opportunity here. I watched the music video. I if you told me about this, and I didn't listen to the music. I just wanted to get the images, of course, burn mm -hmm. into my memory now. We should have done a reading like we did with uh, WAP last year. Oh, a, a live dramatic reading. Maybe, maybe for next week for the people if it's catching on, you know? Yeah, maybe we can mix that in in the quarantine corner. Maybe we'll, we'll figure something out. But it was uh, – that, that that one got people annoyed. And honestly, like, wh it's, whatever. It's a lot. Hey, it's a lot. No matter what you think about it, that's a, that's a lot. Yeah, that's that it. one was. <laughs> it's but, a lot. Yeah, either. All right. Anyways, uh, moving back to the superhero stuff. Again, I don't know how we transitioned out of the little Nas uh, X stuff. But you did it beautifully. Thank you so much. Uh, Pierce Brosnan has been cast as Dr. Fate in the Black Adam movie. And Russell Crowe has joined the cast of Thor, Love and Thunder. Do you have an opinion on either one of these two? Well, okay. So first, I'm more familiar with Thor, Love and Thunder and Russell Crowe. That's cool. When I saw it, we saw the tweet right from, uh, from uh, was it Deadline? I think I think that's what we yeah, were reading yeah. that from. It, it says, you know, Russell Crowe is on, you know, repri or, or joining the cast of Thor, Love and Thunder, as well as many others like Matt Damon reprising their role. So, yep. you know, I see that in one tweet and my mind immediately goes to, uh, you know, I see a fat Russell Crowe who can maybe play, you know, Anthony Hopkins Odin, you know, in, in that type of play, much like uh, what Matt Damon was, was Loki in, in he was uh, Loki. Ragn Ragnarok. So I think it's something of, that's kind of where my mind goes. I don't think it's going to be a big role. I think it might be something like a light, fun type of thing. That would make more sense because this is kind of late for that to be coming out. And then just like Russell Crowe, if it's for something like that, you can just call him up right. one day and then think yeah, that he yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and of course, and with Matt Damon, like, what is it all? When you say what does it all mean? When I look at reports now, anytime someone does like makes a connects the dots like that. Instantly, it's got to be. There's a reason behind that. They're not just going to throw Matt Damon in a in the Thor movie out there for no reason. I mean, it's clear he's Odin yeah. or some other character to that end. At least that's just where my conspiratorial mind goes. You know, I, I got the Charlie Kelly uh, trying mm -hmm. to connect the dots. Carol, Carol. Mm -hmm. um, but but anyway, uh, <laughs> Doctor Fate. Mm -hmm. Little little different here. I don't know much about him. Of course, he said what Black Adam that he's going to be yeah. uh, playing a role in. Um, so I, I did a quick Google search of him. He's apparently a powerful sor sorcerer. Sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. uh, an agent for the Lords of Order who fight evil alongside his wife, Inza. His amulet, cloak, and helmet are creations of the ancient Naboo who acts as his mentor and spiritual guide. He's the founding member of the Justice Society of America. Mm -hmm. cool. the helmet, the helmet's a big deal, and we see him. Uh, well, we see him alluded to quite a bit in the comics. He pops up quite a bit too. I've seen him. He was in the Justice League Dark Future State book, but he was a different uh, character, not not the same person playing Doctor Fate or taking on the role of Doctor Fate. And then, of course, um, he was in uh, what was it, Batman Last Night on Earth? His helmet was actually in there. Wonder Woman had his helmet. But either way, the the point is that he's kind of like. Doctor Strange. I forget who came first, but they're of like the similar role. I think Fate's a little bit more powerful, a little more all-knowing, but at the same time, he's less inclined to intervene. So, but they both play that kind of like they they will sit back and not change things. They kind of they know what's going on, so that but they can't. They have to keep order and whatever. So like that that's it's a similar mind, similar similar. But I think okay, Strange. You, you, I don't think you can do a movie on fate, but you can obviously on strange. 
Okay, but he, he's an he's a good complimentary character. Yeah, I think I, oh, I'm right. I'm just not sure how they're gonna handle Black Adam because of course he's you know people want to label more as an antihero, but I always look at him as more of a villain. Like I, I get with him and Magneto how there's like a there could be a, a, a line drawn between the two, but I still feel like Black Adam ventures too closely, uh, too much closer to villain than even Magneto necessarily does. So. I, but it's a rock. He's not going to be a villain. That's what I was going to say. Everyone loves the rock. So, you know, whether he's a villain or not, I think people are just going to like him or almost like, uh, you know, WandaVision. You know, yeah. Wanda's the villain, but uh, every, everyone loves her. You know? Yeah. 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 Of course. Uh, and speaking of DC stuff, too, we're also going to be getting Lucifer back. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's May 28th. Found out today the show and Netflix tweeted out that the second half of season five is going to drop on May 8th. I'm very excited for this. Maybe we'll do because uh, you don't watch Lucifer, right? What's Netflix? I, I forget what Netflix is. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow. Really? You have? I, I like hard, no, no. Honestly, I hardly ever watch it. Really? You haven't watched the blockbuster thing yet? I've watched p- parts and pieces of it, but there's just not a whole lot that's pulling me there. Hmm. Okay. That's. I mean, that's that's fair, I guess. But I I like the the Lucifer show. I've enjoyed it since I since I gave it a shot. I mean, it's more definitely the character carries the show more so than anything else. The overarching plot I do think is interesting, but. You know, it, it can be a bit formulaic because it used to be a, a I think it was a CBS show. Previously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's very Bruckheimer, so you kind of know what that can kind of entail. But it's gotten a little bit better since it went to Netflix. I, I've enjoyed it. Um, but like I said, what I was going to say was I think we'll do a DSG Facebook special at some point uh, leading up to that. But um, but okay, I think Doc likes it. I think Davey likes it. Uh, there may be other people in the DSG, but I, those are the only two of, that I know of that, that are liking it. But very excited for that to come out. And uh, speaking of, uh, of, sh- of comic book shows, too, we've talked about Falcon and Winter Soldier. But also last Friday, the first three episodes, I did not expect three episodes, of the animated Prime show Invincible dropped. Have you watched this or do you plan on watching No. It? So I've seen so much about this, and I don't know. It looks interesting. I've seen a lot of people tweeting about it, you guys, people in the DSG, uh, you know, old, old nerdy bastard there, old Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I, you know, tell me about it. What, what's the deal? Everyone's kind of been raving about it, but, you know, sell me on it. So, first of all, it's an animated show. Second, okay. it's, you know, you with The Walking Dead, and I understand how people have gotten tired of The Walking Dead. I know that. But with The Walking Dead, when Robert Kirkman wrote that book, it's more about the what human life is like when you're thrown into a zombie apocalypse and everything's kind of gone to shit. How do you survive? How do people adjust? What does it do to the world? This is of a similar mind, although you haven't – well, obviously some bad things happen, but you're not um, thrown into this like – end of times thing right away. You're dealing with, it's what's life is like as a kid growing up a superhero and dealing with, you know, a super, superhero parent. And, um, and it's more of that and having superhero friends, trying to find the balance of life and work, I guess, if you want, I mean, a, a, okay. A work-life a balance. Yeah. So yeah, we're all looking for that. And it, and then it is, you know, we've talked about the violence and justice league dark. And of course, uh, Mortal Kombat did no shortage of that. I thought this was going to be pretty graphic and it exceeded my expectations for sure. So okay. I watched the first three episodes uh, this weekend. Lauren actually watched it too. She, she's all in on it. So it's, and, and I've talked about the book, uh, the series. I read the first four trades. I think there are like, there are 25 trades of this thing, at least that are all available like comicology and that's, you know, comic stores and everything. But t- so we talked about of content. It. Yeah. Yep. We talked about it on TLDR and I'm surprised. At, well, in some ways I'm surprised at the route they took, but also it kind of makes sense just because, you want to draw people in right away. You'll know what I'm talking about if, for those who've watched episode one and you'll know right away too. As the, the episode one 
it's a jaw dropper for sure by the end. Okay, so. maybe I'll, I might I'm, that might jump up uh, my Q rankings here. So that that might uh, be number I, one of my charts. I'd love for you to watch it so we can maybe do an episode on it down the line. But I understand the animated stuff can take people out of it for sure. But. Yeah. Well, Nick, I know you got a couple people. You got you got Goo specifically lined up in your crosshairs tonight, and the, and the yes. comic book made it here. But what what do you got for us? What, what yes. are some trades and issues to be on the lookout for? Speaking yeah, speaking of animated stuff, actually, I saw that the Transformers My Little Pony trade is coming out. I think what is that oh. called? Is it Friends in Disguise or something like that? I don't know, but it, Doc's a big fan of that. So uh, well, I, the I kids, get, you know, it's a good crossover if you got that that father daughter relationship and you want to you know introduce comics to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're a big dad group here. Of course, yeah, not me, but you guys. No, so not actually, me. not you either. But either way, <laughs> you're close. Uh, better, Re- better, yeah. There you go. Better Ray Bill. I know you talk about him all the time. Once mm. you want to see him brought into the MCU, he's got his own ongoing series starting this week. You're also getting that for Love Silk. It. We've seen in and out with Spider-Man stuff over the years. I don't know if she ever had an ongoing series, but I don't know if I'm going to give that a shot. I'm going to try and read a better Ray Bill so I can report back to you on that one. Also, nice. X-Men More like Legends- better Ray Bill, am I right? Ooh-hoo. Um, <laughs> X-Men Legends issue two is out this week, and I really love the first issue. If you guys haven't read that already, I'm sure comic shops have a, have a ton of those left over because – you needed to get that in excess because it's, it was an awesome first issue. I would hope the second one's going to be just as good too. Um, the Witcher Fading Memories issue four. I'm going to be reviewing that this week. This is the final issue of this Dark Horse miniseries. It has been friggin' awesome. If you want more Witcher contact con- content, excuse me, I would be on the lookout for the trade or try and find these issues. It's um, it's one you know short story, but I I really really enjoyed it. But yes, Wes, you're right. I yes, am. This is uh, what I've been waiting for. You brought up goo. And look, I understand that he's now uh, one of your podcast partners, and I I respect that. And I'm not frustrated with you at all. I actually want to thank you for bringing up Truth, Red, White, and Black from um, the Isaiah Bradley comic that I'm hopefully going to talk about this week on TLDR so long as I like the the seven-issue series. I got it. I'm going to go read it. If I don't like it, that's how it works on TLDR. We're not talking about it, at least in full form, because we want to push the stuff that we like. But – Goo said when you brought that up on Cap's boot that we, sh- you know, we're a little slow when it comes to that stuff. First of all, Invincible we talked about that the same week that the series was dropping, planned that completely. Uh, let's see, we talked about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think, when we got the after the first trailer, so kind of trying to build off of the excitement there. Okay, okay, but then there's also the WandaVision stuff. He said you talked about House of M after the fact. Well, if you listen to the episode. Which why why wouldn't you? You know, we're only part of the same podcast. Of course, yeah. it's 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 definitely the best one for people who don't read comics but want to learn more about what's going on with the stories and maybe what's happening on with the MCU later on because we looked at what happened there and how it could set up shit for later. This WandaVision just like set the table for House of M. Really, if you think about it, and if you listen to that episode, so I was like flabbergasted when Goose said we might want to you know we might want to th- rethink what we're doing. I mean, honestly, any any of our listeners that listened to that episode, uh, that listened to that episode of Cavs Booze and had heard that episode of TLDR knows Goo just sounds like a complete buffoon. 
Well, we know Goo can't read, uh, so maybe Goo can't listen to podcasts about reading either. So maybe maybe that's it. But I'm not going to besmirch the name of everyone. I'm in between a rock and a hard place. I feel like uh, I, I, my, my parents are divorced again, and I have to send messages back and forth. That, that caused me a lot of personal trauma, Nick. I don't think I can re- relive those oh, moments just yet. I am so sorry. That is so inconsiderate. I totally didn't even think that. Think about me oh. when you do this stuff, huh? Oh, oh, my God. This is not your fault, Wes. I did say that before. This is not your fault. I appreciate your what fault. you're doing. You are great. Thank you so much for being uh, so awesome. That's well. Now, now I feel like you're just pandering to me, and I'm going to reject your, your nice things because I don't know how to receive compliments. I would never do something like that. This is not not pandering at all. But but I do know how to receive the excellent film work of one Sir Nicholas Cage. Hi, Rick Santoro. Hello, Richard Santoro. I'm Ricky. That's right. That is right. Everybody loves Rick Santoro. You turn me on. You turn me on. You're not too tall, you're not too short, you're not too round. You're like a cat. The cat in the hat. <laughs> Whoops! I'm a vampire! 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 Are you a vampire, Nick? I have been accused of being a vampire before because of, you know, I'm not tanned the majority of the time. So. Oh, yes. Well, tan all over, not Jan all over, right? Is that, isn't that how the saying goes? Is that an office thing? Uh, anyway, main topic time. Uh, we are, yes, as I mentioned off the top of the show, stepping back up to the debate podium, the master debaters of the Dorkshire Gooniverse are back once again to discuss one Nicolas Cage. Yeah, Nicholas Cage, which is not even his real name for those keeping track at home. He was born Nicholas Kim Coppola uh, in Long Beach, California on January 7th, 1964. He's a nephew of the famous film director Francis Ford Coppola. Yes, and he was a Beverly Beverly Hills high school dropout who eventually changed his name to Cage to make his own reputation. His name was derived in part by his love for Marvel Comics superhero Luke Cage. All right, I'll give him that. I, I do like that. He's made. He has uh, what 106 movie credits to his name, 17 producer credits, one director credit. I'm sure that was a banger of a film. And then eight, yes, eight soundtrack credits. Maybe that's what PCB should do this week. They should talk about uh, uh, all of Nick Cage's amazing musical ventures. Uh, he's a one-time Oscar Best Actor winner. I don't know how, a two-time nominee for that uh, category and a four-time best nominee, act, uh, I'm sorry, four-time nominee best actor in the Golden Globes. He won it once and a two-time winner of the best on-screen duo award in 1997 and 1998 for The Rock and Face Off. Of course, some of his most memorable work, taking home a couple of the, the golden popcorn statues. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that's right up at the mantle in the old cage household. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Because he's, I, I, okay. I want it to be known right now off the gate, out the gates in case you can't figure out as we go along. I am, I do not think Nicholas Cage is a good actor. I think, I do not understand Wes's like, infatuation with this guy. He's not. He's charismatic. He's got. I don't know. I don't know how you can't. Charismatic draws you into the screen. Okay, I'm gonna start it right here. Okay, because. Okay, wait. Do you think he's a good actor? Like, well, okay. So first, I think just a a little bit of framing. You know how much I love uh, a good framing, like a like a carpenter uh, that I am. Big picture Uh, guy. Yeah, big big picture guy. Uh, So for this, we're we're gonna install our classic format here that everybody's aware of for the debate club, where we each have. 
uh, you know, one minute to respond to the question with a 30 second response. So, uh, Nick, I will be happy to give you the floor on the first question here with your one minute response. I'll give you, you know, a little, little note at 30, maybe 15 seconds here. Thank I will you. respond with 30 seconds and then give my take on, is he a good answer or Got good, it. uh, you know, you know, I'll respond and then you can respond to me. Got it. Got it. That okay. Makes so, sense. so minute, minute, 30, 30, boom. Minute Go. 30, minute 30. Right. Oh, yes. My apologies. Okay. Got confused there. All right. So is Nick Cage a good actor? Of course he's not. Right. Because when <laughs> oh. we look, it's, I don't even, I, you talk Wes about uh, Mike, Mark Wahlberg, not a good actor. Of course, Wes famously does not like Mark Wahlberg. I think most of the DSG kind of feels that way. Most of New England feels that way with Nicolas Cage. Okay, wait, wait, sorry. why do you not like Mark Wahlberg? Because he always plays the same role over and over again. And when you look at Mark Wahlberg's character, you don't see another character. You just see Mark Wahlberg, right? Well, when Nicolas Cage is on screen, you don't see the character that he's playing. You just see Nicolas Cage. And I get that's going to that's gonna put some people in the theater, sure, people like Wes who think he's funny and whatever. And for something like the, uh, the history of swear words, sure, because it's Nick Cage that we're getting there. But when we're getting – we want to get invested in a certain seconds. character. Thank you. When we're getting invested in a certain character in a movie and want to get immersed in that world – Everything just seems dumber because Nicolas Cage is there because he's just being himself the whole time. So he's no, he's not a good actor Three, because he can't two, he can't buy him as anybody one. else but him. Nice, well done, right in the minute. That's that's pretty good. I I got I got you know as as a couple of big J journalists, you know, uh, getting the argument done and and on deadline is a very important thing. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right, so you now have thirty seconds. Okay, ready? Three. Two, one. How dare you, Nick, compare Nicolas Cage to Mark Wahlberg? That is an atrocity upon levels that I can't even understand. I'm not even sure if the Bible has written about such atrocities. And they've talked about fire and brimstone. But at any rate, what what Nicolas Cage has, what Mark Wahlberg lacks is personality, is charisma, is an engaging uh, uh, aura about him that just draws you in, that makes you want to see more regardless of whether he's playing uh, a, a long-haired Superman or a uh, you know, middle-aged carjacking thief who's in love with a blonde woman with dreadlocks. Time. Yes, I, I only gave you five seconds warning and I apologize. <laughs> so you can cut off a little bit of my time if you want. By all means, go ahead. All right, so I, I don't feel bad about this at all, first of all, comparing him to Mark Wahlberg. And I think, oh my God, I just, oh no, we're talking about his charisma, right? So- that's not to do with his acting because he's the same thing like or, or very close to the same thing every single time. And that is Wahlberg's criticism. And look, I know I'm just picking on him. There are, of course, other actors and actresses like that out there. But he's one that jumps to my mind right away. And Nick Cage is the same thing. I didn't see it before. But as I'm watching this shit jujitsu film, because I wanted to at least like have an idea what was going on, what inspired this whole episode, it's Nick Cage. It's basically... Um, oh my God, Johnny Blaze just fucking like 15 years later. And now in, in, he's still kind of got his fastball a little bit in terms of his fighting, but that's really it. He's the same thing all the time, over and over. Not the bees. That's it. So I'm. Nick, I'm, Nick, are you through? Because I believe you're breaking the rules right now. Typically, how we, we decided this would go would be a minute, uh, 30 seconds, I would respond to yours. And then I would have a chance to answer the question is he a good actor or not? I thought it was. Oh, Wes, we changed the rules. I thought it was it, before a it was one thirty. A minute thirty. That's how it goes. It okay. <laughs> okay, so you're doing a minute thirty straight up there. Got it. No, a, a minute 
30 seconds. You go one minute. I go 30 seconds. Yes. To respond to your answer. Then I have my one minute defense. It's You know how like the prosecution presents their case and then the defense presents their case, but each time either side can cross examine. Yes. But in my defense, isn't your dad a lawyer? Yes. But Wes, if you really, uh, in my defense, last time we did this, I believe was the bat and you'll get your minute and I will retract my 30 seconds. Of course, happily. But well, you can't retract. It's out there. Yeah. You can't no, I'm, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. The jury is relinquish, okay. Wrong word choice. <laughs> I will relinquish my 30 seconds that I was supposed to have after your initial debate. So my counter argument is done. Okay. What I was going to say though was last time when we did the Iron Man Batman one, I believe we did minute, minute, 30, 30. And that's the last time I remember it's like I specifically setting a hard yeah, time. Yeah, you me 30 seconds anyway. But you're the one that – I was trying to go by your rules. That's where I got confused. So, anyways, my apologies. I screwed up. We now know moving forward. We should, I, we should just end the show now, Nick. It's all over. It, you've ruined everything. Oh, you we know, got 40 minutes uh, in. That's not bad. I know. What, what are we just scrap the whole thing? What do you say? Yeah, I guess so. Why not? Don't be so hard on yourself. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, that that was the format that I envisioned. Maybe I did a poor job of communicating that. How's how's that for 2021 New Year's resolution? I sure. That's what I was trying to go for in the whole the whole thing. So. Okay, so Nick, you have one minute to give an answer. I have 30 seconds to respond to your answer. Mm. I then have one minute to give my answer, to present my case, if you will. Mm. You have 30 seconds to respond to said case. Got it. Okay. Got it? Starting now. You, first of all, I'm, I'm going to use some of my time here to say you got to stop drinking when you do this show, first of all. Uh, secondly, is he a good actor? Yes, but don't take my word for it. Just ask the man himself, who previously described his own acting style with such terms as, quote, German expressional expressionalism and Western kabuki and, quote, mega acting. Only great actors use those terms. Or how about the time that he removed not one, but two of his own teeth without any anesthesia so he could feel the pain of his character, a Vietnam uh, war vet in Birdie? Or how about when he spent five weeks with his face wrapped in bandages to get brutal reactions for passersby and only to, uh, to then get his skin infected with air ingrown hairs due to it? Or, or the best of it, while he was filming Vampire's Kiss, the casting director told this story where Nick Cage demanded hot yogurt be poured over his toes to not get aroused during love scenes. The man is dedicated, ladies and gentlemen. He's a fantastic actor. He's a one-time Academy Award winner, two-time nominee. Thank you. Well, I appreciate the succinctness. I'm going to do this in 15 seconds because of what happened before. And I appreciate the yogurt thing so he doesn't get aroused. I think that's a nice touch. That's brilliant. Yeah, it, well, I'm just saying it's nice to be, I think, be respectful in the course of all those things. I thought people took pills for that. But anyways, really quickly, outside of that, I so he needs those little things to so he can really figure out what's going on with the roles. I feel like that's like what Jared Leto used to do with the rat stuff. So I'm not like sending people dead rats, whatever, really getting into the method or whatever. I'm not into that stuff. So again, out on Nicholas Cage as an actor. Well, you're not in on Christian Bale, maybe uh, gaining and losing massive amounts of weight to dedicate different. Come it's, on. It's dedication. It's a, it's a form of dedication. Oh my God. That's not even remotely the same thing. That's can't, Changing yourself for the role so you don't have to wear a fat suit or they don't have to do CGI. The other stuff's like method. That's I don't. I, that's not the same thing. Maybe maybe he, it's a, a different walk of a mile in a fat man shoes and a skinny man shoes. That's I see what you're trying to do, and I've made pretty clear it's not the same thing. It's definitely <laughs> not. Uh, question number two, Nick. I'll let you lead off here. Is he undeniably the most underrated actor of our generation? Yes or yes? How? 
How could he be? No, he's no, he's the most overrated actor of our generation. Okay, thank you. He's the most overrated actor of our generation because he's getting he gets roles like how okay, kick ass. I can understand how he got that, and obviously that worked out well. I think that's him. But when he gets the the history of swear words, why do I want Nick Cage for that necessarily? Because when when we end up seeing him do it, he's at that point, Wes. I know we're going to kind of touch on this a little bit more, but he's he's aware that people find him funny because of his overreacting. So what does he do? He really leans into it. And guess what? If you haven't taken the time to watch it, and it's already a subject matter that seconds. seems kind of interesting for anybody, I would think, and you like Nick Cage, why have you not watched it yet? So anyways, no, I think he's immensely overrated. For him to be to get uh, leading roles, to get you know, being a Marvel hero, I know he's been pushing that for, that for a long time, but – for him to get leading roles over and over again, then turn into a basically a bit character now. I mean, not even like a like a supporting man, really. I, I think that says it all right there. He's Three, not a good, he's overrated two, immensely. One stop. Thank you. Now, as my retort to your response here, three, two, one. You keep using jujitsu and the history of swear words and ghost rider to you know use him you're picking all of his worst things you have to at least be aware of his high notes leaving las vegas raising arizona gone in 60 mm -hmm. seconds all of these great movies uh national treasure uh you know, all of these great movies in here uh that that you know where he built up his whole career on not what he's riding to cash checks at this Two, point in time one all right, so now it is your turn to make your case why he is the most underrated actor of our lifetime, yes or yes. Yes or yes, three, two, one. Is he the most undeniable, uh, most underrated actor of our generation? Of course he is, and of course he gets uh, his fair share of criticism, and I think that's rightfully due, but yeah, I think he definitely is on the short list of, of underrated actors. I think maybe Ewan McGregor is on that list, maybe uh, Benicio Del Toro perhaps, but he's definitely a great actor. Sam Rockwell is on there. Um, Jesse Plemons, maybe a newcomer, but, but anyway, if you don't want to take my word for it, why, why don't you, why don't we go to Ethan Hawke? We all know who Ethan Hawke is, Gattaca, right? Training day. Uh, he said in 2013 that Cage is quote, the only actor since Marlon Brando that's actually done anything new with our end quote and credited him for taking film audiences quote, away from an obsession with naturalism and into a kind of presentation style of acting that I imagine was popular with the old troubadours. Who says stuff like that? Only the greatest actors of a generation, that's who. Or David Lynch, a director who described Cage as, quote, the jazz musician of America acting. That's uh, all I need. Yeah, that's all you need. You're almost that's done anyways. I'm trying to look up Ethan Hawke's uh, filmography and, and exactly what he's done in the past few years because I feel like I could – Give a shit about what Ethan Hawke's opinion is. And all this is my way my clock started. I hope you were checking before. But I could care what he less about what he does. And you're going to, of course, you bring in Benicio Del Toro and Ian McGregor because you're trying to do the same thing that I did. You're bringing up people who, when you associate Nick Cage with him, oh, he's awesome. That's great. He's associated with those guys. Yeah, like Pavlov's dog or whatever, that kind of shit. My Wahlberg, me bringing him up, it made sense. There's a definitive line with that stuff. But outside Three, of that, um, two, National Treasure, not a good movie. One. I don't, I don't oh, see the definitive line between Wahlberg and, and Nick Cage at all. But anyway. You weren't listening. That's just what it comes down to. <laughs> he, he's got the rings, man. He's got the awards. Okay. Jet, this is a great question. Okay. Because this is different. This is different from a an actor's point of view, right? Is he a good actor? But Nick, is Nicolas Cage, Sir Nicolas Cage, does he generally make good or bad movies? Starting okay. the clock in three, 
two, one, on you go. Eh, not really. No, I think the the like what gone in sixty seconds. Con Air, right? I have his uh, IMDb page pu- pulled up. I've never seen Adaptation, but that's his highest ranked movie on Adaptation. Then there's Kick-Ass, uh, Lord of War, which I've never heard of that. But the face-off is, is what, a 7.3 on IMDb? But so I think right then and there, I respect IMDb. You do as well. Sure, we do disagree with it once in a while, but that's going to happen in general. 30 seconds. Meh, at best with Nick Cage. And... You're a national treasure. Come on, Wes. Get out of here. Nick Cage is best known for being a meme. That's all he is. That's why he's relevant now. That's why you like him because you, like, you goes in line with all your internet goofiness stuff. Not because he creates these entertaining movies. National treasure is funny for, for anybody that finds it funny is because it's just so freaking ridiculous. So, no, all of his movies are like Three, are a joke. Two, so, no, he doesn't make good movies in general. One, done. All right, to, to respond with my 30 seconds here, Nick, all you're doing is trying to tear me down, and all I'm doing is presenting facts. I'm presenting Academy Awards that he's won. I'm presenting movies that he's won. I'm presenting things, and all you try to say is that I'm hopping on something for an actor that I liked before the internet was invented, uh, that I like him because of the internet, which doesn't make any sense at all. I wonder about your, your preparation mm-hmm. skills for this episode and, and your dedication to the podcast overall. <laughs> Okay. Oh, that's it. That's your 30 seconds. You didn't even go 30. Okay. Wow. Look at you. See, at least I'm taking up my entire time. And in fact, it's succinct. It's succinct. Stealing time. Yes. Sure. Sure. All right. So are you ready to go with your uh, argument? I'll give you the countdown. Three, two, one. Again. Uh, how many cult classic roles or movies has he been in? Let's go down the list. We would do it Mike Francesa style. Face Off, Con Air, Gone in 60 Seconds, National Treasure, a $100 million movie, I might add you, that got you a sequel, National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets. Uh, the Rock, which was the front end of his back-to-back MTV Movie Awards Best On-Screen Performance duo. Uh, you know that That's a record that I'm not sure has been broken to this point. He's been in such movies playing, uh, you know, Character roles like Matchstick Men, right. a Rid- Ridley Scott film, Raising Arizona, The Coen Brothers, Moonstruck, uh, one of his, his breakout roles in, in the late 80s, I think 87, Great Year, I might add, where he sta- uh, starred alongside Cher, Leaving Las Vegas, which is where he won uh, all you know his Academy <laughs> Award and got all of his claim, Eight Millimeters, The Weatherman, The Family Man. There's a lot of great range in there, Into the Spider-Verse, all that stuff. The man is entertaining Five, AF, four, as the internet kids three. like to say. Two, one, and I'm going to start right now. Okay, first of all, don't bring up the Spider-Man stuff because I think that actually was what led to him now being in on the joke. Because right, it was he was perfect for that role, sure. But then moving forward, it's like now he's just trying to lean into it. And it's really it's only getting worse that way. But Wes, you're going to we're talking about is he making these great movies? Great movie, cult classics, sure they're fun, but they're cult classics for a reason. We did a whole episode on it. We should have done a whole thing on his catalog. But if you're just making cult classics and not these bangers all the time or once in a while, then how great of an actor are you really? How great are your movies really? You got to give me the countdown next time. I Sorry, Sorry. No, uh, you're actually perfect there. That was, I, was, I got you at 30.81 and I was late to oh, stop. So oh, the, the yeah. internal clock, that was, that was oh, really well. Thank you. Okay. I shouldn't have questioned you. All right. Awesome. Oh, all right. That was great. Um, okay. So I believe we have two more questions left. I have two. Yep. We've uh, okay. So. Question number two, do you think he, four, four, <laughs> question number two of the two questions left, do you think he's in on the joke? Uh, Nick, I'll give you the floor here if you would like to start. All right, three, two, one. 
Yeah, he's definitely on the joke. I don't think he always was on the joke because there was definitely a point in time where he was very consistent for a while with his overacting. And you can look at uh, whether it's the, um, oh my God, what the hell is the vampire one that we were just looking, the one with where he makes the bug eyes. Well, vampires, I can't. Vampire, you know, li vampire lives? Yeah, uh, yeah. Either way, uh, wait a minute, I need to know this now. Vampires, vampires kiss. kiss. So thank you. thank you. So vampires kiss. But either way, like, in all these movies, we see his unbelievable weirdness that it just seems natural for him and he does and he carries it over into uh any role that he's done and then now where we where i'm watching jujitsu where i'm watching it, these i know i'm not just citing his recent netflix stuff it's relevant but you see okay how about one from years back uh, ghost rider 2 he fucking overacted the shit out of that and I've seen it in the other stuff too. Oh, it gone in 60 seconds. The let's ride thing that don't tell me that's not ridiculous. Now, I don't Two, think he was aware at that point. One, zero. Mm, dang it. I got a little excited on that one. Shit. Yeah, that, that was good. Okay. I'm, I'm ready. Uh, three, two, one, go. Way back movie. Your, your, your argument is Ghost Rider 2, Spirit of Vengeance. That's, that's way back in the machine. The guy's been around since the 80s. It's before you were born, Nick. What, I mean, and you go back to five, six years ago as an argument. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, man, recency bias with the kids these days. You got to go back, pick up a history book. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, hey, you're all, well, I, I can't, can't. It's not my turn. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one. My defense. Go. Of course he's in on the joke. I agree with you. The guy has made, and lost millions, has made and lost five wives, has made it big at a young age, uh, winning Oscars. Yeah, five wives, including uh, uh, Lisa Marie Presley. What does he have left to prove? It's part of the reason why he wanted to do Superman Lives and roles like that. He wants to take on roles like Spider-Man Noir and Into the Spider-Work or do, do voiceovers for the his history of swears. He doesn't anything left to prove. He just wants to make the joke. And the guy's broke. The guy needs money. And he says this with the uh, 30 seconds that I have left. There is this misperception, if you will, and critical response or even in Hollywood that I can only do exaggerated characters or what they would call over-the-top performances. He pauses as if issuing a historic statement for the podium. Well, this is completely false. I love it. So this is from a uh, Variety magazine, I believe. Uh, another quote, the internet has developed this thing about me and I'm not even a computer guy, you know? I don't even know why it's happening. I'm not trying to, let me say this. I'm not of the mindset that when in Rome, if you can't beat him, join him. And then, that's I, yes. All right. So, oh, you said something beforehand that I lost it that I was going to, oh, so the recency bias stuff that you brought up before in your counter argument yeah okay like you're only as good as your worst movie right isn't that how it works with, with sports and stuff you're only as good as the worst player on your roster so yeah i'm gonna judge him on that i can't just judge him on the hits in the end how many hits does he really have not many so and, and when you go and butcher characters that could be interesting too whatever i just 10 seconds. i know it's not part of the focus of all this too but i do think that you have to consider all of it and when you look at some of his new stuff he's still doing it I mean, I can't just let it go. Three, I have to judge two, on it. Two, Time. One. Uh, quick, before we move forward, Nick, I think just a quick sidebar note between the two uh, you know, lawyers here in the room. Mm. Uh, would you like to be judged on your worst college baseball year? I am all the time, so what does it matter? <laughs> I am. That's a fair assessment. Uh, do I? I don't really care. Like I guess I don't think Nick Cage necessarily cares either in his defense. I'll give, I'll give the guy that. I don't <laughs> think he really gives a shit at the end of it all. So, 
that's about it. But uh, yeah, what you want people to judge me on on the fact that I had like three bad innings as a junior and it ruined my ERA for the year and impacted my ERA for my entire college career? Sure, that's fine. I don't care. How about judging people solely off bad tweets? Well, what what do you, do you mean it by defines who a person is? Not no, but I think okay. a tweet is much different than a um, it, well, and it depends on how bad the tweet is. I mean, I think you can tell from somebody what they're like from one really bad tweet. If we're talking about like that's just interesting, you know, it's a it's a I believe it's called trickle down economics. No, I, I don't think that's the term, but uh, no. <laughs> the ripple effects. Uh, you know, I think I think the ripple effects of those conversation kind of goes outwards and spreads into a much larger conversation. Mm, yeah, it might. But again, the tweet just real quick, the tweet is different. If it's a bad take, whatever. If it's a bet, if it's something you shouldn't say, like or like think or whatever necessarily, then that's different. But anyways, we're getting caught up in all that stuff. I yes. see what you're trying to go for there. And like I said, Nick, I don't care. And Nick Cage doesn't care either. That's the one thing I'll give him in all this. I don't think so. I don't think he cares as well. But into the final question, and yes. I think this is getting to uh not not the person that we see on screen, but maybe perhaps the man he is off the screen. How about that? So is he a captivating person off the screen, Nick? One minute, three, two, one, go. Go. Okay. So <laughs> I honestly think when I see Nick Cage stuff, like off screen, like a trailer for a Nick Cage movie, I'm interested in seeing that. I'm not interested in watching his movie. I only saw it. I only watched it because we were doing this. and I wanted to see how bad this was going to be. And oh my God, look, here's, here's a little fun fact for you. Nick Cage, not the worst part of jujitsu. That movie was so bad. Oh, my God. I mean, it was like over halfway through the movie. I knew it was going to be bad, but halfway through the movie, I'm like, what am I watching? Anyways, I think – see, and this is part of what my argument with why Nick Cage is a bad actor. I just think he plays himself on screen or at least in a, like a very – like in a, maybe a slightly exaggerated version of himself. I think he'd be good at podcasting or radio or something like that because that's kind of what you do in that seconds. space. But you, when you're acting – you're not supposed to just be you, a different version of you. You're supposed to be portraying somebody else entirely. And he doesn't do that. We're watching Nick Cage every time we watch a movie. We're not watching Johnny Blaze or whatever Three, other character. It's the only two, name I can think of. One. Time. Uh, start the clock, Nick. Nick, I actually agree with you. He does play Nicolas Cage, but I think the difference between Nicolas Cage and Mark Wahlberg is that people are actually interested in who Nick Cage is. He has a personality. Mark Wahlberg is a robot who's milk toast, who doesn't have, you know, wakes up at 5 a.m. and plays nine holes of golf in 90 minutes. Like, that's not real. Like, I don't, I don't know how that's possible. Like, Nick, people want to know what's going on in Nick Cage's life. And when I get to my actual report five, in a minute here, uh, you will see why. Because the guy's interesting. Two, people want to know one, about him. Five. Okay. I, by the way, I just want everybody to know that I fully incepted Wes because now he's bringing up Mark Wahlberg and his points. Go ahead. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. So one minute, start the clock. And Go. Like I mentioned, how can he not be a captivating person? The guy is a walking enigma. He exudes charisma. He has bought and sold a Bahamian island, a German medieval castle, a 24,000 square foot brick and stone manor in Rhode Island, Middletown, Rhode Island, shout out Middletown, uh, another castle in England, uh, also the most ha haunted house in America, which is located in the French quarters in New Orleans. His, his financial advisor alleges that he would go on uh, shopping sprees of buying 22 cars at a time, including nine Roll Rolls Royces, buying a Gulfstream jet, a flotilla of yachts. Like, who doesn't want to like spend time with this person who ha has all this love for things, spending millions in arts and jewelry? He actually owned, Nick, this is up your alley, owned Action mm -hmm. Comics number one and sold it for a record-breaking $2.16 million. Wow. He also owned the skull of a Tabasaurus, 
which is a dinosaur that is 70 million Five. years old. Later returned it to the Mongolian go government once because it was stolen. Nine foot tall burial tomb, Two, an octopus, shrunken pig heads, and he's a time traveler. <laughs> of course, start the clock. So, of course, you got to sl slip in that he's uh, he's a time traveler and all this because that is totally up your alley. And I wouldn't necessarily rule that out. But look, when we're talking about Nick Cage, to me, yeah, the person interesting. Would I maybe want to get dinner with him and hear about some of the stuff that's gone on in his life? Sure, but I think most actors would it would be interesting with him. Maybe he leans into it, but you know, honestly, just spending time with Nick Cage would totally be worth the story. In in hearing him talk about random stuff, sure. But when it when it comes to just him as an actor and why we know who he is, he's not good. So that's my end of my argument. Strong words. Thank Strong you. words. <laughs> I think I think thus concludes. Unless you know we have any closing arguments here, I, I think I think we kind of summed up everything. I like Nick Cage. You don't. Uh, you know, and, and I, I think he's great. I, I love this little bit of renaissance that he's had with his life, where he's able to kind of poke fun at himself uh, and, and make a little bit of money because the guy. He's been screwed over a lot. Go, go check out his Wikipedia page. Like the five wives thing. Like that's crazy. Imagine that how much alimony that guy's paying. That sucks. And I can't, I, I feel for him in that sense. Like I don't wish illy on him. One thing that I did want to bring up that in the course of searching for, you know, stuff for the show, Tim Weisberg had mentioned a while back when he was our guy in the chair, of course, no longer doing all this stuff over at midnight.fm. He mentioned the documentary on uh, what was it, uh, the death of Superman, right? Mm -hmm. We couldn't find that. It was supposed to be on Hulu, not there anymore, or whatever. I found it on YouTube, and it looks like it's Death of Superman Lives. What happened? F feature film. Like it's, it's, it's so I think they did it, so it's really hard to find. Sure. So if you got, if you guys look for that over on YouTube, you should be able to find it. Um, it's like looks like it's a, an hour forty-five, hour fifty-minute watch. I'm gonna go back and watch it. I think it's interesting. Look, there's definitely something interesting about Nick Cage for sure, but just in general, why we know him, it's not because he's a good actor. So you, you don't think this is good acting? I couldn't think of a more horrible job if I wanted to. And you have to do it. You have to, or I'll fire you. Do you understand? I don't understand. I'm going to have you fired. No, bullshit, you win. I don't give a shit. Bullshit. Holy shit. The they're, bullshit. They're no? No, you, you don't think that's good. I was so disappointed with how he did uh, with the job he did on the swear the uh, swear word show. He's of swear words, but whatever. This thing was. I was a little drunk. Plus, I was horny. <laughs> the facial expressions of this guy. I mean, he is a great physical actor. I don't care if he chews up the scenery. I love it. I think you know. Do it, it turns to the point like almost how. Uh, my love for Iron Man 3 or Spider-Man 3 or The Departed, where it runs the whole gamut of emotions with, with Nicolas Cage. I, I think that's very similar, where I loved it, I hated it, now I'm back to loving it again because he's just embraced who he is, and I think you have to respect that. Sure, Wes, whatever you say. I have nothing else to add. I, I just, I'll just i tell you what, I think about you a little differently now. We'll put it that way. How's that? Well, you know, that's uh, that's – one way I, I don't i don't think your opinion of me could get any worse but uh here we are uh so the quarantine corner nick which is where we are right now what have you been doing we're gonna have to come up with a new name for this soon yeah that's a good point oh i'm excited about that so what we've been doing on my mind before that but pcp kind of stole that from yeah. us i guess they can I do that. yeah that's fine we'll, we'll we'll figure something else out but i uh I went hiking in the Blue Hills this weekend over in Canton with uh, with Lauren, and she'd never been there before. But I, and it's the second time I've been there. The last time I went there, I got lost. That was not a fun experience. Much better yeah. this time around. 
I'm trying to think. Well, was that where not Gone, Gone Baby Gone? Is that where the baby was, or is that one the from Mystic River with Sean Penn? Where he's like, "Is that my daughter in there? Is that my daughter oh, in there?" That's I, a good I, think, I think it might be Gone Baby Gone. I think that's where uh, the the baby went missing. Is the Blue Hills uh, Reservoir? Oh, that's a good question. I don't. I've never I don't been know. there though. It's nice. I, I'll look it up when you tell me. Yeah, it's nice. It's really nice. And there's they have a path. That they, well, they have a bunch of different paths that you can sure, take. Yeah. There's one that's like a more challenging one, which is the one I had gone on last time. We went on that one. And then that's, we did about, it's a mile up to the top, then a mile back down. We did a mile and a half and then we took the calves away for the last half mile. So it was, it was really nice. Um, I highly recommend for anybody who's looking for like a hiking or even yeah. just a, like an outdoor walk. Also, I watched inside out for the first time mm-hmm. and I feel like Mac and Goo did an episode on that a while back. And I thought I would never watch that movie. It, 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 yeah. It really makes you, if you, if you, if you like self-reflection, this will really make you think, even though it's a kid's movie. And I think it's something that's worth anybody's time, honestly, especially again, especially if you like self-reflection. Okay. Well, I'm not sure if I'm going to take you up on the inside out recommendation, but I think I will take you up on the blue Hills. I think I'm definitely going to do that. It sounds awesome. And that was the, uh, that was mystic river, right? That was, uh, it I'm, was I'm, mystic river or, or gone baby gone. I can't, it was one of those Boston movies. I can't remember. All right, I'm gonna look that up while while you tell me what's going on. Um, well, yeah, like I said, yeah. I already kind of spoiled it. Uh, oh, we watched right. Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, uh, which I love that. You want to talk about like a good gruesome, uh, you know, animated movie? I think that that really kind of got me into that animated uh, field, particularly with DC going Justice League Dark, or and then there's a a, a Constantine Spirit of Demons or something like that uh, that's also on HBO Max. So there's there's a lot of good things there, and I. Yeah, I give you credit on on the Constantine guy. That's, Constantine, uh, he's, he's an awesome character. He's a badass. And by the way, I think it's I don't think it was Blue Hills for that Mystic River thing. It might have Mystic River Reservation. Maybe that would. Yeah, make well, sense. yeah, like I said, it's either Mystic River or Gone Baby Gone. But he's, Mystic yeah. River would make sense if it was Mystic River. Yeah. Either way, <laughs> it's more about the uh, the hiking area that you can go over in Blue Hills, over in Canton, right outside yeah. Boston. But. Um, Constant John Constantine City of Demons, the animated movie, is awesome. We did not do an episode on that because that came out way before. I think it came out before the show was Change uh, Ryan was even a thing. Mm-hmm. And the comic book I talked about that was the very first episode of TLDR. I talked about that when Doc talked about Daredevil. Uh, that is one of my absolute favorite books too. I recommend that to. Like, there are certain books that I will recommend to everybody like that's interested in comics. In John Constantine City of Demons. The animated show is awesome. The uh, that series is awesome. He's just he's an amazing character, total asshole, and I absolutely love him. Can't get enough of him. And, and I like the, like I've said before, Keanu Reeves' interpretation, fine. Like I enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. You you saw the animated version of him. Like that is much more in line with what we see in the comics. Way better there for sure. All right, yeah, I I agree. I like uh, I like I like the cut of his jib. You know, I'm a fan. I, I, of course, I like what he's, and got. he's got good moxie. You like how he smokes his cigarettes. Absolutely. Does it does a real good one. Yeah. That's the most important. All right, Wes. I, I think that's pretty important here. I think uh, it's time. Shared Universe. All right. Hashtag Ooh. Dork is doing a three plus hour episode on the best and worst three plus hour movies this week. God bless him. That's real commitment. I don't know how David that does is a that. big commitment. I don't know. Yeah, I would have vetoed that so hard. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how Keith does that after doing a four hour show with Gresh all day. God bless him, man. He's um, yeah, that's a good point. The marathon man, Mac and Goo did a. 
I guess a are they replaying our episode of the Captain and Winter Soldier rewatch? Captain America and the Winter Soldier rewatch? I'm yes, confused. that's a good question. So you know, they're of course probably uh, you know building off of Goo's own, own criticisms of TLDR and taking their own advice and striking while the iron's hot and and you know going to be reviewing Captain America: The Winter Soldier, which we had. Him on, I don't. Which we I'm, had Goo on already, so just just listen to our episode instead if you want to. And yeah, there, so. it was a good. It was a good episode. I mean, it was, that good, one, it was good stuff. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and, what's what's going on uh, across the pond uh, with the People for Communism podcast? Correct. Well, they are doing monarchy versus communism. Why colon? Why no one should be stunned by the royal family's corruption? Oh. I mean, I feel like it's a couple weeks late. On mm-hmm. their end, we, you know, we have been speaking of Meghan Markle earlier, and of course the uh, Northwestern alums that I'm proud to say that went to the same university as me. I I don't you're, know what led to this happening. Now, is there anything? You're you're a bootlicker. You're now you're suddenly uh, bowing to the crown. That's the Revolutionary War, man. Meghan Markle is has uh, what was it? She's not part of the royal she's family. She's still married right? to the family, man. Don't don't believe that stuff. She's okay. still getting all the money. I don't know, Wes. I mean, she's basically she's giving him the bird. So I'm, you know, I'm not going to get in. You're going to make me they're defend that. Paid. What? So they're all still getting paid off that family, royal family. If they are, then this, that's, um, I think you're probably right. Honestly. Yeah, why wouldn't they? It's, it's family. Well, so then maybe it's, it's like going to be around a, for hundreds of years. Maybe it'll be a compelling listening from, uh, from PCP this week. I don't know. Okay. It'll be a first. Um, and then we have TLDR. Of course, uh, we are talking comics like we do all the time. We're not burning books, though. Some may lead you to believe that. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping mm-hmm. to talk about a book that Wes brought up on Caps Booze, which speaking of that, you guys have your third episode this week. You'll be talking about... Uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And we may have a new name. I don't know. Uh, Shield Play, Red Wind Revenge... Frenemies, Capoos. See, this is like your forte. I don't understand why Goo wouldn't talk to you about this. Like this, the the scorny lines, like you or well, wordplay. We're, we're both general. really good with wordplay. I'm surprised neither one of us could come up with that. You know, I know, I know our guy Bryant is uh, is protesting uh, the the name Caps Booze there. So shout out to him and thanks thanks for watching as well. So yeah, uh, there, and then so just to finish it up, I've heard it both ways. Season two, episode three of Psych. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the stream team, Shimers, Doc, Davey, right? Arvon D over there. Uh, but next week, Nick, uh, I think we should return back. We got to start making some headway on this MCU vault before uh, Wonder, or Wonder Woman, Black Widow comes back. And I know they got pushbacks. So we got a little extra time here. Yep. Ant-Man. Yep. Ant-Man's next up. What do you say? Oh, oh, you, oh, you're going <laughs> to, that's one of your all-time favorites. Your guy. Hey, if it's not Nick Cage, it's Paul Rudd. Oh, my God. All right. Well, then, uh, until next week, Wes. Well, you know who my other favorite guy is, right? Oh, my God. Big up. Big up the whole island. Massive. It's your boy, Chattana. Coming straight from the Golden Globes, you are saying? Me, see me father, Tom, I'm expressing it in a while. Too far, what come? Big up. Tune in.